This is Celebration Church, but it's more than just a building or a church. We have a calling to be a place where people can find a relationship with God instead of religion. A place where freedom is found and acceptance given, and every person can discover their purpose and experience the kind of fulfillment only God can give. Together we will raise, lead, and empower a generation to change the world. Here, Jesus is famous, and all the glory goes to God. This is celebration. This is our family. Welcome home. Good morning. Welcome to Celebration Church. Let's all stand together as our campuses join us over in Appleton and Stevens Point, as well as all those who join us all around the world on the internet. Let's recite together the Apostles' Creed. This is our statement of faith. This is who we are, what we believe at Celebration Church. We believe in God, the Father Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who for us and for our salvation was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the fellowship of believers, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. Good to have you with us here this morning. Last week I was uh, praying and, and praying about uh, the church in particular. And uh, we've been having a great time this January, spending a lot of time. We had 21 days of prayer and just praying about the future and direction and stuff. And, and I felt like God spoke to me. Now, you don't hear me say that very often, if you've ever heard me say it. But, uh, um, and when I say that, it's not like you're hearing voices or anything like that. There's something in your spirit. It's like a thought that comes into you that you can tell it's not your thought. You can tell it's something different. And there's something unique about it that rings true with the spirit of God that is in you. Jesus said in John 10, 27, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. One of the things about when you are walking with God in your life and in faith, when God speaks to you and a thought or something comes to you, you know it's him. There's just something different about it. And I love it those times when that happens for me. Again, it doesn't happen a whole lot. But uh, uh, as I'm praying, uh, I felt the Lord say to me, uh, you have a forgiveness problem at Celebration Church. And I was like, what? We talk about forgiveness all the time. And it was like, nonetheless, many have never learned the importance of overlooking an offense. You saw that verse up there on the screen. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. And after considering this and praying about it, I thought, you know, we're going to talk about this and we're going to deal with this to help you, to help people. Nothing will suck the life more out of you than holding some bitterness or some grudge against somebody else. So we're going to be doing this for several weeks now coming. Uh, we're going to be focusing a lot on this verse and from all different kinds of angles to try and drill down the importance and the freedom that comes as a result of letting things go. Uh, next week, my brother Eddie will be here, uh, Bishop Ed. Uh, Eddie is actually an Anglican priest. <laughs> 
don't know how that happened, but that's what he is. And, uh, you know, people sometimes say, you know, what is it with celebration? You, you know, you have Calvinists preaching your pulpit. You have old hippies preaching your pulpit. You have, you know, Anglican priests in your pulpit. You got Methodists, you know, in your pulpit. You know, because we don't get all hung up on the fine points of doctrine. Our main focus is to help people just live a successful life. And I don't care who you are. If you can help us live a successful life, help us live a successful life. So most of the sermons that come, you don't hear a lot of doctrine and fights about that. I guess it would be great if we were all so healthy that we had time to go after each other over doctrine. You know what I'm saying? But we don't have that time. We're struggling. It's like when you're drowning in the water, the last thing you're wondering about is, gee, did I file my taxes on time? You know, or, or gee, uh, I wonder about that. You don't care. I wonder what's on the news. You're just trying to get out of the struggle that you're in. And what we want to do is help people with their struggle. At Celebration Church, as you know, we have our, our growth track, Know God, Find Freedom, Discover Purpose, Make a Difference. Now, when it comes to finding freedom, it is imperative that one not hold unforgiveness towards another. For unforgiveness will rob you of your freedom. When you're angry at somebody else, you allow that person to rob you of your freedom. You can't truly experience the joy and the freedom that God wants in your life when you're ticked off at somebody else. Holding something against your ex-husband, your ex-wife, bitter and anger. Your mom, your dad didn't do something just quite right. Your brother or sister ticked you off. I talked to a guy not too long ago, 60 years old. He was still mad, angry, as if it happened yesterday. He was angry and bitter because his brother had borrowed his guitar without his permission when he was 14 years old. And I mean bitter and angry to the point he, he couldn't even see. And yeah, I know it, it sounds crazy, and, and it is actually <laughs> a little crazy. But it's the kind of stuff people get hung up in. So that happened to them. Somebody done me wrong. Still angry, bitter. I guarantee you that guy is locked in a prison of his own making. You've got some relative, some in-law, someone who let you down, somebody disappointed you, someone you looked up to, someone who did not do right by you. These feelings of resentment will rob you of your joy as a Christian. And again, keep you in a prison of your own making. You will certainly not find freedom. Now, every Sunday, as we just did, we recite the Apostles' Creed here at Celebration Church. It's then that we speak out this very powerful line, we believe in the forgiveness of sins. The one thing that should separate Christianity from all other religions is at the end of the day, we forgive people of their shortcomings. We pray the Lord's Prayer every Sunday. And sometimes I wonder if we're not listening to what we're saying. We pray, Father, forgive us as we forgive others. Uh, my, <laughs> a year or two ago, my son-in-law, Ross, was doing a, <clears throat> a wedding for a couple. And, you know, weddings are intense. You know, everybody's got their, everything's got to be just exactly this way. And, you know, don't forget to do this. And, you know, so one of the things the family wanted Ross to do is have them all recite uh, the Lord's Prayer. Okay, great. So Ross does a ceremony. And, of course, he forgets to uh, have everybody recite the Lord's Prayer. The, the family afterwards was livid. Angry said, we will never forgive you for not saying the Lord's Prayer. I'm thinking, 
have you ever read the Lord's Prayer? I'll never forgive you for not having this prayer that we should forgive people. People are crazy. <laughs> you know, I think a lot of people fear that if they forgive something, someone, then that person wins. And we don't want them. They did something wrong. We can't forgive them because then, then they win. No. The winner is always the person who does the forgiving. So number one, three points this morning. Number one, we have to forgive people who hurt us. Jesus in Matthew, the 18th chapter, gave a parable about forgiveness. He's talking about this guy who owed this guy. <laughs> I think he used this, the analogy of, uh, don't put that up yet. A, a, a guy owed his master 10,000 bags of gold. <laughs> I can't even relate to 10,000 coins of gold, much less bags. We're talking millions upon millions of dollars, an incredible debt. And the master comes to arrest him and throw him into prison for his failure to repay the debt. And the guy just cries out to him, falls on his knees, and says, please, give me more time, and I'll repay it. And Jesus said, the guy says, all right, forget it. Forget about it. Let's him off. Not only not give any more time, but just forget the whole thing. And the guy gets up, and as he's walking home, he runs to a buddy of his who owes him a few hundred dollars. And he grabs the guy, starts choking him. Where's my money? He says, well, give me more time. No! He calls the cops, has the guy arrested. Well, then the master found out what he did. And we read about it in verse 32 of Matthew 18. It says, then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that debt of yours. Why? Because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? And in his anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured. Everybody say tortured. Tortured. Ooh, that's a heavy word. Hand him over to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. Listen to what Jesus says. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Wow. You see, the concept of forgiveness is absolutely central to the Christian experience. I think sometimes people have a hard time forgiving because they forget that they've been forgiven of much. You know, I generally don't have a hard time forgiving people. <clears throat> Someone told me recently, and I, they meant it in the nicest way, and say, boy, you're, you're really unique, you know, in that you let things go as if I have some special gifting in this area. It's not special gifting. We're all supposed to do this. We're all supposed to do it. And I think perhaps one of the reasons it's easy for me to let stuff go is because I've had a lot let go for me. I am uniquely aware of my shortcomings. Now, I, it must be wonderful, I suppose, to never make a mistake. <laughs> I make so many, I can't keep track of them all. You know, to give to the point that you can get upset that somebody else did something wrong. Man, it must be amazing to be you. But I fear that it's not really you. It's we're delusional. Like the guy here who has been forgiven of so much forgets that and only can remember the shortcomings of others. So number one, we have to forgive those who hurt us. Number two, we, we need to forgive people 
They don't necessarily hurt us, but they stumble. They make mistakes. And some people have a really hard time with that. I can't believe that guy made that mistake. And I ask myself, why is this so difficult for people? And as I'm pondering this, I'm listening to the news. I used to listen to news all the time. Now it just gives me heartburn. Yeah, I just, <laughs> I don't even listen to it anymore. It's just, everybody's crazy. But I'm listening to the news in the background, <clears throat> and apparently there is this Democratic governor in Virginia who had worn a costume in college. And people were upset because he wore this costume and demanded that he can no longer be governor. He needs to resign. And I'm thinking, oh, good Lord. And we wonder, I'm wondering, why do people have a hard time? Because we live in a culture today where we do not believe in the forgiveness of sins. We used to be a Judeo-Christian nation. We are no longer that. We are a secular nation. But in the midst of that, we still have people of faith. Thank God, it's still, we're still free to do that. In the church, we believe in the forgiveness of sins. In the United States of America, we do not. The reason this man must resign is because he did something offensive 30 years ago. Why is that a big problem? Because we in America do not believe in the forgiveness of sins. Someone wrote me and said, you know, you know that, that, that guy, he needs to be removed because he, he believes in, you know, late-term abortions. We need to get... Well, then fine. Fight him on that issue. Do not dredge up something that he did in school 30 years ago. He wore a black face costume. I don't know. We all wear crazy costumes. I've won or a blackface costume, <laughs> and I'm part black, <laughs> you know. Apparently, that's a sin today, and we can't have this man anymore because of what he did 30 years ago because we do not believe in the forgiveness of sins. All the Republicans, <laughs> now that irritated all the Republicans. <clears throat> now it's the Democrats' turn. A year ago, we had a Supreme Court justice. And they were foaming at the mouth with insanity because apparently, according to the accusation, when he was in high school, he was at a party where they were drinking and he touched something he shouldn't have been touching. Now, as it turns out, there was no evidence that he had touched anything that he shouldn't have been touching. I'm thinking, who cares? This is what our focus is on? Whether or not he did that? Because if he did that 30, 40 years ago, he cannot serve. Because in America, we do not believe in the forgiveness of sins from 30, 40 years ago. I'm thinking, good grief of the big argument, whether or not it was legit. I'm thinking, even if it was legit, I know it's hard for you to imagine. But I dare say there are a considerable number of people sitting here who in high school touched something they should not have touched. <laughs> I know it's hard for you to imagine that. Might want to move away from the guy next to you. He may have done that. <laughs> Where there's beer, someone might have touched something they should not have touched. I must confess, as a pot-smoking rock and roll hippie in high school, I may have touched something I should not have touched. 
it's hard to know because there's a lot of my high school I cannot remember at all <laughs> because of the prior drug smoking problems that I was having. In America? Are you kidding? That's all they got to do now. That's all it's about. All they got to do is find something. You'd, I'm telling you, I could never run for public office. I couldn't run for dog catcher. All right? This is the culture we're because in America, we no longer believe in the forgiveness of sins. If they can show that you have sinned or done something, forget that there's no pattern of it since then. But if they can show one mistake, one insensitive costume, this is insane. But it is it has absolutely poisoned our culture and controls our political process today. And make no mistake, when we live in a culture, it's hard for us to not be affected by that culture. And I can't help but think that the church today is horribly affected by this poisonous culture to where we also no longer believe in the forgiveness of sins. If someone does something, they must pay. Now, what spirit is that? Look, I, we live in a crazy country. So be it. But let us never act like that in here. In the faith community, that's not what it's about because there's something different about us. You know what's different about us? We, despite what our insane political culture is doing today, both Democrat and Republican, what makes us different is we believe in the forgiveness of sins. If you're going to be a follower of Christ, you have to forgive those who stumble. Peter wrote this. He says, above all, that means on top of everything. <laughs> there's all this, and then on top of everything. Love each other deeply. Why? Because love covers over a multitude of sins. Are you a cover when you see someone stumble or fall, or do you go around telling everybody about what you heard they did? Because if you're doing that, you're not covering anything. You're uncovering. You're trying to reveal. So-and-so did such and such. Proverbs 17.9 and Proverbs Old Testament. Man, they were tough. New Testament's love, love, love. Old Testament, I'll knock your teeth out. But even in the Old Testament, we read this. Whoever would foster love does what? Covers over an offense. Whoever repeats the matter separates close friends. Now, if you ever say, hear someone say, did, did you know that so said, man, tell him to shut up. We don't do that here. We don't listen. We don't, really? Really? Is that what happened? Try to undig, uncover, reveal. Well, Mark, what are you saying? We just ignore people who do things wrong? No, no, but here's the formula. Jesus said, if your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault just between the two of you. And if they listen to you, you've won them over. You hear somebody blathering, gossiping, and gossiping, is, is, is one of the sins of the Bible. Uh, we don't think much about it. It's funny that we gossip about other sins and forget the fact that gossiping is in and of itself a sin. You hear someone saying something, the first response, oh, wow, did, did you go talk to them? Oh, well, no. Well, then shut up. Did you hear such and such? Did you talk? No. Then zip it, Skippy. 
Always remember, but for the grace of God, that would be me. Never think you are above anything. I have told you this so many times, I will keep saying it. Never think, I'd never do that. Yeah, you would. Absolutely. Every single one of you here are capable of anything. You think you're not capable of something, I don't care. Even in Stephen's point, you're capable. <laughs> anybody's Given the right circumstances, anybody's capable of it. That's why we pray in the Lord's Prayer. Keep us from temptation. We pray that we don't fall into temptation. You want to pray that all the time? Lord, keep me from temptation. Because if I'm in the wrong place at the wrong time with the wrong circumstances, I'll do something wrong. No one is without sin. John wrote this. He said, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. As much as any person should strive to hold up what is right, we must never forget that we believe in the forgiveness of sins. We believe in redemption for those who at times get it wrong. I have preached for years about the standard of God's righteousness and how people today are trying to knock down and say, well, it doesn't really matter. No, the standard doesn't change. And it's like people have locked onto that. They always remember that, yeah, but they forget the rest of the part of what I say. So when we fall short, it's not that the standard falls down, it's that the grace comes and covers. Always remember grace. So number one, we got to forgive people who hurt us. Number two, we need to forgive people who stumble. And we need to even go further than that. Number three, we need to give grace to people who struggle. Sometimes people struggle in life. Anybody ever struggle? Just getting here this morning was a struggle <laughs> for me. I couldn't get my bow tie right. <laughs> I'm not sure it's right now. Five times I tied this stupid thing. <laughs> I'm starting to lose my salvation. It's not good when the pastor's cussing in the morning. <laughs> Sometimes people struggle. Our attitude should be to love people through their struggles. We're not just supposed to criticize them because they struggle. Paul wrote to the Galatian church, listen, guys, carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. We're supposed to be carrying. Not that one. Next one. Carry. Hello? <laughs> they can't find it. There we go. Carry each other's burdens. All right. What does that mean? Sometimes you've got a burden. It's just heavy. It's hard. It's hard. And when you see somebody struggling, don't be looking down your nose at them. Encourage them. Because chances are, at some point, you're going to struggle. Nobody is immune to this. But our attitude should always be to love people through their struggles. We're not supposed to criticize people because they struggle. I've often said this church should be a place where people are, feel safe enough to fail. But it would appear, even by what the Lord spoke to me, this message has not gotten through. It hasn't gotten into the core of who we are. And we're just going to drill on this for several weeks now, maybe a couple of months. Maybe I'll, <laughs> I won't stop. <laughs> then you'll have to forgive me for not moving on from forgiveness. <laughs> we need to get, if we don't get this, we don't get any of it. If we don't get this, we don't get it. Some of you are struggling terribly because somebody hurts you and you can't let it go. Some of you are mad at somebody else because they did something you don't think they should have done and you can't let it go. 
Some of you start, they're supposed to be a strong Christian and not being a strong Christian. We need to get this in us so that we walk in grace towards people. And always remember, but for the grace of God, there goes me, you know? Sometimes I hear people doing really bad things. And uh, if you ever want to hear some stories, come talk to me. I won't mention any names, but you have no idea. The stuff I, I said, does it freak you out? No, it never freaks me out. It just doesn't. Sometimes I hear about pastors who do something really bad. And I said, does that freak you out? No, I always say, wow, but, but, but for the grace of God. You know, I don't know what, the, what it is about us. We just want to stab people that fall short because we don't get it. We have, as the Spirit of God spoke to me, we got a problem. We talk it, we say it, but we still don't get it. We need to cut people slack. It's always about cutting people slack. Uh, Before I wrap up the message this morning, uh, we have a special announcement. Pastor Bob wants to come and share with all of us. Give it up for Pastor Bob. Well, good morning to everybody in uh, Green Bay, in Appleton, Stevens Point. Uh, I wanted to share that uh, our family, uh, we've been through a lot of health challenges over the years. Uh, It's been more than a decade of this now. And uh, we've had many surgeries with our daughter, uh, Dana, getting my wife getting cancer, and then almost dying three months after her last round of chemo. Uh, And over the last few months, we've come to realize that we've developed some unhealthy patterns in our marriage. Uh, We've both made some mistakes, and I've experienced burnout. We are choosing to resign and to step out of pastoral leadership so that we can take some time to focus on what's most important to rebuild our marriage and our family. If there's anything that Pastor Mark and this church has taught us is the importance of marriage, and we've gotten so busy with life and leadership that it's time for some changes for us. So we're entering into a new season where God is going to do a great work inside of us. He's doing a work of pruning, of replanting, of bringing down the old and bringing inside of us brand new life that's going to grow so that we flourish in a way where all the pain that we've experienced is leading to greater purpose for God's glory. Uh, This ending of this chapter and this season of our life is simultaneously motivating and scary, and yet we know that we are heading towards a life that is filled with an incredible future, and we've got a lot of faith. We're filled with a lot of hope. We're filled with a lot of peace, and I want to let you know that this church has meant the world to us and to our family Uh, All of our family and friends, they're right here in this church. And we'd ask that you cover us in prayer as we walk into this new season as a family. I want to let you know that it has been an honor to serve you, and we love you all so much. Thank you, guys. (laughs) Amen. I'm going to ask I'm going to ask the campuses everybody at the-
Apple, remain standing here, and those over there stand as well. And let's just pray for them, okay? If you are reeling at this moment because you're thinking, oh my gosh, one of the pastors has to resign and he's struggling. If that shakes your world, you don't get this. If this has you upset right now, you don't get this. If you walk out of here and start guessing, gee, I wonder what that was about and who did that in here, you don't get this. No, no, no. We're going to cover them with grace. We're going to pray God's strength and blessing over them. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for Bob and for the blessing that he's been to us, Bob and Dana, both in their family, Lord. Lord, sometimes life gets hard and sometimes things don't go as well as we want. And, but what, for whatever, that's not the problem. We just ask for strength and for grace. We cover them. We choose to cover them with kindness, with blessings, to speak nothing but good things over their uh, lives. And we ask that you would open new doors for them, whatever direction you lead and guide them, that you make the path clear for them, Lord. But we, as a group of believers, we choose to surround them, to lift them up, and to cover them with grace. And for this, we give you thanks in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Bless you, man. You may be seated. We're running a little late here, but it's because I talk too long. In conclusion, if you're the kind of person that is appalled by the struggles of others, the failures of others, I suggest this isn't the church for you. If you're looking for the perfect church, sadly, when you find it, it will no longer be perfect because you showed up. <laughs> if, however, you are among that sorry lot of people who sometimes makes mistakes, sometimes say things you shouldn't say, at times does things you shouldn't do, even at times struggling to do life right. This is the perfect place for you because <laughs> that's what this is about. Church is a hospital for our souls. You can't go to a hospital and get mad and walk out of there. What's wrong? This place is full of sick people. <laughs> yeah, it's a hospital. <laughs> it's supposed to be full of sick people. We're going to get ready to serve communion. We're going to ask all the ushers at the different campuses to come forward now and get ready to serve our time of communion. This is when we focus on what makes all this forgiveness possible. Jesus died on the cross for us. His blood was shed so we could have forgiveness of sins. His body was broken so that we could be made whole. This morning, if you've never really truly surrendered your life to Jesus, you're thinking, man, this all sounds great but you've never really experienced this forgiveness that sets everything right in your life. We're going to pray a prayer together right now. I'm going to ask everybody to bow your heads. If you'll pray this prayer with me and mean this, you can start your first steps of faith today. Say, Dear Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God and that you love me so much. You went to the cross and you took my punishment. I ask you to come into my life and to forgive me of my sins. Amen. I'm going to ask the ushers to go ahead and pass out the communion this morning. Uh, you can join with us. You don't have to be a member of Celebration Church. Just take the bread and then either the wine or the grape juice. Grape juice is the outside a row. The rest of it's all wine. But don't take it right away. Uh, just hold it, and then we'll take communion together. Uh, after everyone's been served at this time, the campuses will break away for your own services. <laughs>